But you see my point here? You only hear of a hen, a rooster, and a chicken. Something's missing. Something's missing, all right. <laughs> yeah. I would just have to say, like, seriously, though, what, what a great loss of a great comedic actor. So glad he was in that role. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, the next Seinfeld reunion is going to be less without him. So Beautiful. Well said. Well we'll said. miss you, Frank. See ya, Frank. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Come in the tank. We're thinking. And we're thinking. And we're thunked. And we're thunked. Oh my god. I'm probably more beer than man if we go far enough back at this point. Thunk Tank is in the tank. Start us off, Johnny. <laughs> Jerry, it's Frankenstein's and Mr. Steinbrenner's here. George is dead. Call me back. All right, so should we give our standard Seinfeld episode warning at the top? Well, there, that's one kind of warning. I meant more like if you don't know what that line was, turn us off right now. Or if you want to learn more about What are the odds that you clicked on Frank Costanza tribute episode and you don't know what's going on? That's a fair point. <laughs> so welcome. So welcome. welcome we're all a little bit somber this week because... Maybe that's why I feel off, because we're doing the Frank Costanza tribute episode, because I felt off all day. Now, Could something be? to keep in mind, yeah. this is not um, a Jerry Stiller in memoriam kind of thing. This is for we, a fictional I mean, we character. Did, we did lose Jerry Stiller, so that means we did also lose the fictional character, George, uh, Frank Costanza, but... Like he he was such a great comedic actor. We really only have the resources to focus on one role of his, yeah, uh, and do it any amount of justice. So I mean, if you donate on Patreon, just, maybe we can have more resources to cover actors and their characters. But for now, just well, the do you know what would be really fun to talk about at some point? Have you guys seen him? Uh, I mean, speaking of Jerry Stiller, have you guys? Because I didn't realize this until maybe last year, and I was just drunk on YouTube, and I found clips of Jerry Stiller on I think it's the King of Queens. Oh, yeah, he's the father he's there, He's the father. Too, yeah. He's and amazing. I, 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 w- I was blown away because I realized, oh, my God, there's there's more Frank Costanza to be had, it he, turns It's out. like a different flavor of Frank Costanza. It's a, very, it's a very different flavor, but he has that same energy, that same yeah. uh, sort of power behind his performance. And that same, like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that grandpa with his shirt off kind of vibe. Oh, big time. <laughs> yeah. So that would I be mean, interesting. Yeah. So part of, I think part of why we all agree he is one of the best I guess you could call him a side character, but really one of the main characters of Seinfeld. He's a main uh, secondary character. There you go. Yeah. And it, it, part of that is because we all grew up in like the New York metro area. So we all know that guy. Mm. Like our, our, my own father is, our own father is quite similar to him in certain ways. The way he'll just start yelling, not at anybody or angrily, just yelling their opinion loudly to the room. Yeah, um, like that's it's a very, a very Long Island Queens yes. thing. Yeah, and I want I kind of wonder if people from other places think this is like an unrealistic character because it's so realistic. I've met that person like retail jobs when I was younger. I definitely served mm. some Frank Costanza types for sure. But you know, um, that's not originally what the character was supposed to be. Um, it was supposed to be the total opposite. It was supposed to be a bald, kind of quiet, soft-spoken person who mm-hmm. who Estelle like dominates pr- pretty right. much, and. Uh, I, I saw in a back backstage interview or whatever, Jerry Stiller said, I'm going to get fired from this job just like the, the last guy 
which by the way there was a previous frank costanza i remember seeing there's there's i think there's one episode with him right at there's least a different, one there's the a hand, different morty the there's a different spot. morty side yeah. too. The but they never right? edited spot. out the different morty they went back and reshot scenes between george and frank yeah to put in jerry stiller as opposed to this other guy john he's something. so good well yeah i think it's <laughs> that but also just like it, it it became such an epic character that you, like with Morty Seinfeld we see the different Morty in the beginning we're like yeah whatever yeah like but that was also no. much earlier the early Morty I think that goes yeah. back to season one or two yeah whereas yeah. Jerry first came in I mean like I don't think George's Frank, parents were around till season four maybe. yeah I think it was like the handicap spot right probably around then yeah uh, and he, so anyways Jerry Stiller said uh, that in like one of the last rehearsals before they were filming. When she yelled like George likes his bananas, and and he just decided to yell back at her, Larry David stopped everything. And was like that was amazing. That's your character now. <laughs> I have that scene actually. Let me just play. That, that, that I mean, it makes really sense. Scene, yeah. Larry David has admitted he wasn't some like uh, Aaron Sorkin kind of person. <laughs> like the page is the page. Like he was making it up as they went. Like the first few seasons, they really. How, how did they buy this idea? Like we're de- they're gonna find out we don't know what we're doing and cancel us. Like. Well, that's the um, beauty of of Seinfeld and and really Larry David too. And you see it carried over right. to Curb, where he goes with what works, and he right. He he's kind of it, it kind of reminds me of uh, genius on the scale of somebody like an Elon Musk, where he says if something's not working, we abandon it. We're not like NASA, where we'll just keep pouring billions of dollars into a failed project. If it doesn't work, or we stumble upon something that works better. Go with it. Yeah, that's it now. Yeah, yeah. don't that's, be afraid to completely change directions. Yeah. Like at if the it's last a good rehearsal. Direction, yeah. So here's the scene that he was talking about. I called it bananas on the side. <laughs> and it's playing. Oh, I'm getting the Mac. The Mac wheel yeah, of I death. I don't hear anything. Mm, that's no, good. No. By the way, we should take this moment to say we don't own any of this audio. We're using it under uh, fair use. We're right. under commentary we're, and satire. We're in no shape to own intellectual property. Right. But I think this is fairly safely covered. Under, As we are neither intellectuals, uh, nor do we own property. Um, that's well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I'll play my. Here we go. Then, so we, okay. Why'd you put the bananas in there? <laughs> George likes the bananas. So let him have bananas on the side. All right, please. <laughs> Archie, would you like some Jello? Why'd you put the bananas in there? Now it's just playing again. I understand. <laughs> Jesus, it's still great. All right. um, the power yeah. of escalation, right there. Well, so it's like they were the the context of that scene. It's the episode where George is the hand model, and yes. George is just calmly trying to like manicure his hands, and the vibe is actually quite calm. They're just sitting there, and she's like, "Oh, by the way, I I made Jello," you know, and um, it, it escalates from like. I put bananas in it because I know it's your favorite. And then Frank just kind of his ears perk up. It's just like, why'd you put bananas in there? She's but like, George always, likes bananas. There's always kind of a low broil going on, even the way she, it, yeah. she's also a fantastic actress because the way she sort of delivers that line, even you can, there's almost a, a tenuousness to her voice where she knows this is going to escalate. They're o- o- to always expecting a fight, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what, yeah. Cause it's not the bananas. They're just angry people. Like yeah, he's right. ready to flare up at anything. Right. Like, exactly. Remember how angry Frank gets about his TV guide collection because one issue. <laughs> well, gets that's damaged. understandable. Your he's devoted years. To someone's house. <laughs> she gets ban- Elaine Bennis gets banned from the household. Like arguably one of George's few friends, let alone long term friends that they've ever met, and she's banned because she took a TV, an old TV guide. 
Yeah, but in it wasn't his old, defense, it was Al Roker. In his defense, <laughs> like he spent years collecting those. Your father collects TV guide. It's a pathetic thing to collect, but but Elaine but, did just. But take what it. isn't a pathetic thing to collect? Isn't that also what it's making fun of? Something valuable. Yeah, at least value is at, where you see it. Yeah, no um, one's paying for stamps. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, maybe it, it the you know the idea of like um they they call it uh, life on simmer like if you're always stressed mm. you you're in traffic yeah. in the city and like someone cuts you off you're like ah oh. you're just ready I like to go to call that I like to call that white knuckle in it because I do that a lot exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're white knuckling their entire relationship yes Estelle and life. Frank their whole lives yeah but I think what you were saying earlier Johnny about how whether or not people buy it in terms of people because like, we if you you grew up around New York people you're right. absolutely right you kind of you see this and it's just textbook. I've seen this a million other times, right? But I think a lot of people in a lot of other places, they see sort of flares of this where, oh yeah, my parents once in a while act like this. They act crazy like this, right? (laughs) So this is just kind of the full throttle version of that. And anybody from New York sees this and says, oh, that's hilarious. I can absolutely identify with that. And I think other people maybe see it and they're like, oh man, that must be crazy to, to have that be the epitome of what that life would actually mm-hmm. be like if that was what my parents were like all the time and that's humorous right and maybe that explains george oh it absolutely explains george here's one of the one of the other scenes i had they were sitting in the restaurant and george wants to ask them about his childhood <laughs> that's always can't miss could help me to remember my childhood a little more clearly I feel a draft. Let's change tables. Get out of here. We have a booth. Frank, I'm cold. Order a hot dish. <laughs> Why can't we sit over there? That's not a booth. So who says we have to sit in the booth? I didn't take the subway all the way to New York to sit at a table like that. <laughs> They're in public, too. To be in a drafty <laughs> now, George, what do you want to know about your childhood? Actually, I think I'm pretty clear on it. <laughs> Could help me. <laughs> That's a great scene. That's just so well written, perfectly acted. They're just sitting there looking at a menu, and all of the sudden, like the, the, the world the is filled with tone. things that can trigger you, but the, yeah, you yeah. don't have to get but, triggered. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to let them set you off. <laughs> Frank's dismissive tone of Let's just order a hot dish. Like he's done with it. Like that's such a we've been married too long couple response. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. you're cold. Eat something hot then. Like, I'm, no, I'm done think, putting any. <laughs> but he's got a good argument we into got your the problem. Booth. We got the booth. We got but the who booth. said you need a booth? Booths are way more comfortable. I'm, I'm with that, Frank on this one. But that's not what he's arguing. He's just yelling. We yeah. got the booth. <laughs> There's no actual discussion. That's the beauty of it. It's just skipping. I didn't steps take in a subway discussion. Yeah. to not sit in a booth. <laughs> I didn't take a subway to sit in a drafty restaurant. It's like, check draw which, like, which like, shows you they yeah neither wants to be there either yeah. is what is the right. subtext there right and then george goes i think i don't have any questions about my childhood actually yeah. i know exactly what's happening what's your favorite frank scene johnny um it's definitely from an episode i know we're going to get to and it's uh it's the i i mean my favorite episode is the del boca vista one because mm. you get to see where george's like petty spiteful worldview comes from uh, in they a don't lot want of ways. us there, so we're moving. Yeah, I, I can I play that clip actually because yeah, I, I have that. <laughs> uh, and just it's same thing. Listen to the escalation here. 
You what? Why, are you thinking of moving? No, not really. Because if you are, you shouldn't. There's nothing. Sorry, let me set up the clip a little bit. They just, the, the Seinfeld's got a place in a community, Del Boca Vista, we're all familiar with. And you said that on the happen- first take. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Most people Del, go Del, Del, Del Vista. Del Vista. Del, Del, Del Boca Vista. No, um, and it's it's very similar to the whole Tuscany villa in Tuscany scene in another episode. They're like, oh, are you thinking of moving there? Because you can't. There's nothing available. The whole place. There's nothing. Yeah, available. it's exactly that same setup. It's like, wait a second. Looked solid. You're a little bit Looked too. Solid. Um, How'd you get there? Aggressive about about yeah. saying it's not available. I didn't even say yeah. I was interested yet. Like, yeah, and I'm only a, interested now because you don't yeah. want me to. But be, that's a relatable there thing. Be, There's definitely yeah. people who act like that. See, right? see. Yeah. This but one. so George, George is trying to get them to move. So he brings the brochure over, and they're just making conversations. They're right. the normal ones at the beginning of this. It's like, oh yeah, we saw the brochure. What a nice place you're moving to. But they've said they're not interested in moving to Florida. But with that in mind, they have no interest in moving there. And watch how fast this escalates. You what? Why are you thinking of moving? No, not really. Because if you are, you shouldn't. There's nothing available in that development. Are you telling me there's not one condo available in all of Del Boca Vista? That's right. They went like hotcakes. How'd you get yours? Got lucky. Are you trying to keep us out of Del Boca Vista? Uh, I know this doesn't seem like work to any of you, but if you could perhaps conduct the psychopath convention down the hall, I could just get a little personal. So, yeah, that's Jerry at the end being like, this is not new to me either or shocking. Also, if Morty Seinfeld did want to keep them out of there, he chose the most, like... It'd be like me making a move in chess and being like, oh, look, I'm threatening your queen, like trying to bait you. And you're like, all right, that's an obvious tell. Like, <laughs> but yeah. to anybody, but to no, no, because to anybody else, they'd be like, wow, they clearly don't want us there. That'd be really awkward if we moved somewhere where not only do we not know anybody, but we are on a negative footing. We know and we didn't even want to move. In we the don't first get place along with. Right. Right. So like that's a like if somebody did that it's a little over the top on Morty's side but if he really doesn't want to live near him like okay I got the message you don't want me in your community like go screw yourself I'll go find somewhere better with better golf court club golf carts or golf courses or whatever you're into but that's the wrong approach to take with a Costanza totally wrong approach but don't you feel like they're just ahead of see what I really appreciate about how the Costanzas are written is that I feel like they're just ahead of the curve in terms of where the psychopath convention winds up going. Because if you look at the other characters in Seinfeld, they similarly go through a process where they will have the the menial conversations and sort of put up the facade of, oh, that's awkward. I could never do that. But then by season eight or nine or whatever, George is driving out all the way to the Hamptons for a lie that he yeah. has a house with Susan's, his dead fiance's parents, who he's pretty much responsible for killing. So that seems to me on sort of the way, on the path towards. And he's only yeah, in I'll his 40s. To, exactly. Right. So <laughs> by the time he's his dad's age, yeah, I'll move to Florida out of spite. Yeah. What yeah. else do they have? If you've right. lived a meaningless life, then right. like you do things out of spite. Like you might as well move to Florida out of I spite. I mean, fast Why forward to Curb point? Your Enthusiasm, Larry David in season, I think, eight. Uh, end of season eight yeah he tells that guy to get out of a charity dinner he's like oh i'm gonna be in new york yeah and then the guy like offers him an apartment yeah you could tell the guy's like i don't believe you and yeah. i'm gonna make you move to new york yeah. to, to uphold this lie and, and, and then larry he, goes right. i'll do it and then he does it again and winds up in paris it just yeah. keeps upping the yeah geographic well because it worked ante. the last time <laughs> it did it, he did it last time and it worked out so why would he like it worked out for him, so why would he be like, "Oh, I, I can't well, fall into that yeah, trap you again"? Consi- He's like, "No, I'll just see if, if you I can consider get away working with it. out having to move across a continent." 
And the guy well, was Larry like, "Larry doesn't care. He's not really attached to anything, anyways." Right. In that curb um, episode, the guy was like, "So if I drive past your house, you won't be there because you'll be in New York, right?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, "I shouldn't see you get in the paper in the morning or anything like that." And yeah. Larry's like, "Oh shit, this guy means business." Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> this guy wants me at the charity event. Yeah, yeah. That's a very sort of uh, Seinfeldian vibe too, where you see it in in uh, in original Seinfeld. Too. Yeah, and it but, happened to George was, too. Didn't he go to Paris? Yeah. Like yeah. instead of, um, well, he didn't want to go to Paris with the with the kid. So he tries yeah. to get the Seinfelds to bring a right. postcard or some shit. I don't know. But if I was taking the kid to Paris, yeah. yeah. If I was as rich as Larry David and I really didn't want to go to your charity event, I would totally do that. Just go live somewhere else for a couple of months to get out of something. I, if I wasn't comfortable saying no to because of the public shaming it would cause me, I would just be like, yeah, sorry, I'll be in. Yeah, but pick if a place you were better as, than New York, though. But if you were as rich as Larry David, you could also just say, yeah, look, I'm really not comfortable. I'll just write a check. Yeah, here's a check. Whatever. No, and he'll go spend that same amount avoiding it. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, Larry right. David. No, Larry. Spend more. Larry David <laughs> thinks he won't have to because the guy won't call his bluff. But then the guy does. Yeah. And then he has to. Right. So he genies. Himself. Yeah. They they use that calling yeah. your bluff like yes. all the time in yeah. Seinfeld and Curb. Yeah. Um, so sure. Yeah. So Frank and George both do that. Yeah. No surprise. Well, well, there's there's a lot of Larry and George, obviously, and therefore by extension, a lot of Larry even in Frank. Right. Like, like I think there's a parallel there between how you see sometimes Frank act and how you see Larry act in Curb, even. Right. Totally. Well, I, mean, the I think Larry's like a of blend George. of a few of the characters, yeah. especially but they're Jerry the, and George. Yeah, they're both yeah. they're both older versions of George. One plays the character George's right. father, and one plays old Larry David, who George is based off of. So it does make mm-hmm. sense that they'd have a lot. Yeah. All right. This is my favorite um, Frank Estelle moment because it kind of breaks their little fourth wall, whatever that might be. Um, this is when uh, George was selling Frank's clothes. Well, hold, um, hold on. Oh, yeah. can, can I just play the next Del Boca clip real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, Before we jump episodes? All right. So this is when they we find out they're going to move out. That was the scene that just happened, the next that we listened to last. Um, them arguing and Jerry trying to kick them out. This is the next time we see Frank with George. Oh, what do you need this cold weather for? Has nothing to do with weather. It's because of the Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, he just said they're moving. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean? They don't want us there, so we're going. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving right into Del Boca Vista. <laughs> so you're moving there for spite? Absolutely. No one tells Frank Costanza what to do. That's right. George is down. Why not? His parents are leaving. So they both make this like ah guttural like gotcha sound, and it's it's the only time in the show I can really ever think of Frank and George really bonding over something. Right. That's going to be good, my big. That's an interesting that's, point. That out was research for this. Spite. Yes, out of research for this episode, that was my big takeaway. That mm-hmm. is where they are the most on the same page. He's moving out of spite. George doesn't care that it's out of spite because he's just trying to get rid of them and get mm-hmm. them out of his life and down to Florida. And so they're both just doing the wrong thing for the wrong reasons. And they're both <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. About wow. it. yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, that might be my favorite Frank Costanza moment, but, um, Wait, yeah. But also, don't forget uh, this on the Del Boca Vista front, this message he well. leaves. Yeah. This is Frank Costanza. What do you want? You think you can keep us out of Florida? We're moving in lock, stock, and barrel. We're going to be in the pool. We're going to be in the clubhouse. We're going to be all over that shuffleboard court. And I dare you to keep me out! <laughs> By the way, that little music you hear in the background, I think the YouTube 
uh, thing I stole this from had background music. So yeah, my clip was that's that's not uh, Seinfeld original background (laughs) music, (laughs) like the Uh, free royalty free YouTube background music. But that is that is one of my favorite uh, Frank Costanza moments. Just because, what is the motivation to call? Morty Seinfeld at that point. Well, oh, there's no just reason. Tell him you're screwed. I know. There's no it's reason like, to move so out of psychotic. spite. There's no reason to move there out of spite if they don't know you're not. If they don't know you're going, they have to know you're going there to spite them. But it's, well, even better would be to just show up and see him at the pool, right? When or, it's too late to pull. Or him. No, that's just call him psych- and say that, and not actually do it, not actually move. But that's the psychosis of Frank. He wants Morty to not. Oh yeah, we just thought it was nice and like passive aggressively. He wants him to know. No, I'm doing it to spite you. I want because of what you clearly you, did to me. Yeah, right. you told me it was going to ruin your time, and I'm gonna. So now I'm going to do it to ruin your. They time. They don't want us there. Time. That's right. why we're going. <laughs> but it's and also it's in that episode, as easily as they moved down they wind up leaving they're over it they're over the yeah it, it was just a spite move they were not that into it right it, it's it, winter I, in new york you might as well move to doesn't florida he see for spite jerry for sleeping in his car and thinks it's a homeless person yeah and, i think so yeah because jerry's right. dealing with the cadillac situation yeah or is the that cad- that's the cadillac yeah okay yeah and he just says all right that's it we're going back to queens and then they just go that's right it. that's the end of that storyline meanwhile <laughs> jerry's calling them psychotic and obviously they are psychotic but in the uh the uh, he wants to find a place in in Tuscany. Mm. Now Jerry doesn't go as far as to go to Tuscany. Oh no, he does. No, he does. So yeah, they're all psychotic. But but in Jerry's situation, he he didn't do it out of spite. He inquired out of spite and got elbowed That's by what I mean. the mob. His his, his <laughs> inquiry was out of spite because he's like, yes. why does the maestro not want me there? Yes, he didn't go. Act, and that's the whole irony of it. There's he, nothing available. He goes to see Chichio. About the and apartment, Chichio has an apartment, and Chichio this says, one. "See this apartment." He goes, "No, I'm not actually looking for an apartment. I was just wondering." Yeah, he's he's like, at the twelve hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's not quite at the full Frank level yet. But that's my point. They're they're getting there. They're progressing because they're in their that. late thirties. Yeah, early forties. They're progressing to that level of psychosis. For yeah, sure. but that's another one of my favorite conversations about the Costanzas is when, uh, uh, Hel- uh Morty and Helen they are talking to Jerry and they say, we don't really care for the Costanzas and Jerry's shocked. And he says, no, I just didn't know that you could detect abnormal behavior amongst your own kind. Right. Right. He just assumed that they were all just as crazy. And the, the Seinfelds are like, no, the, the Costanzas are the crazy ones to them. Even among old people. Yes. There's delineations between yes, crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Now when you're in, in the, uh, Del, when you're in Del Boca Vista or wherever the old, is that where uh, Morty and, and Helen live? Yeah, Del Boca Vista. Uh, when you're there and Jerry's visiting, you're like, Jesus Christ, this community is right. psychotic. Yeah, but it's it, still psychotic. Estelle and Frank are on a different level. Yeah, they're Because they're willing to go field. into a restaurant and just yell. Right. At, whereas the other people hold up a facade of like politeness, and then behind the scenes they do psychotic well, stuff. Well, Helen and Morty will bicker maybe in a restaurant very low sort of volume right? yeah about the tip or something right yeah they'll kind of normal just go back normal crazy parent behavior yeah yeah right whereas the costanzas will just fl- openly yell <laughs> well here's a question for you guys about the about frank costanza that I, i've been wondering and i did a little research and i found out about do you think is frank costanza a new york because we know that character right is he an italian new york american italian american new yorker or a jewish American, New York. He's Italian. I think Italian. He yeah, but there's episodes where he's cooking uh, like knishes and eating kasha, kasha in bed. Like, remember he's cooking for the Jewish it to George, thing? yeah. 
like they do very like he says like it, there's a lot of that because I mean I think Larry and Jerry are, I don't know if Jerry's Jewish but Larry David is and like so when they're writing based on silly ca- the same person and like that hyperbolic uh you know I think maybe he was based designed off to of, be. we all know no I think it, I saw an interview where Larry's or either Larry or George said that they never or at least early on. It's never have, revealed. That's why well, he said early. Well, it is revealed. He I does mean, sell Christian relics. No, Frank says. He, Frank he says did. in an episode to Elaine that he was born in Tuscany. That the episode with, um, the maestro where he's trying to get the picture from the maestro. He says, "Oh that, yeah, oh, the he was a boy in the village. Yeah. In he, the background, he could never yeah. run for president. He could still be Jewish. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's what I think. George or Larry or somebody said that early on, at least they." kind of just framed him as you couldn't really tell like they didn't know yeah they just knew that he was kind of uh, that that italian new york or jewish new yorker type loud voice body. yelling yeah. all the time right yeah yeah Doesn't uh, I cook just, well, because I he found had a scarring a, event in the war that might be that my favorite classic frank stereotype <laughs> frank costanza episode yeah that's well, probably I, the one of the when he died the night he died uh i mean last week whatever uh we watched that episode as, as a tribute the fatigues yeah. yeah i think we did too we did yeah, fatigues, yeah. tommy's I here by the I way welcome season tommy it. you've been quiet you I look I... tired i am tommy I'm very I, tired I tommy had five slices distraught. of pizza tommy's also the only one of us i was who gonna actually... say i was distraught about his death yeah. but okay yeah Excellent. i'm gonna go with the five slices of yeah, pizza okay. <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> well but between yeah so, distraught and pizza yeah somewhere on that sliding scale yeah uh yeah, so he he Jerry Stiller said in an interview a few years ago before he passed that like it was never clear to him either which it was because he would ask and they're like yeah just kind of both. Um, so he said when people asked he would tell them they were a Jewish family in a witness protection program, which really does explain like Frank Costanza's heightened level of anxiety at any. If he's time. always on guard, yeah, because who knows maybe he pissed mm. off like the Kansas City mafia so they moved him to Queens or something and he's just always on edge and freaking out about it. I well, thought he, he was just on edge from the war, the I fighting one hundred and third. I thought he was. Mm. I thought he was actually a spy or something, slinging hash for the fighting one hundred and third. Because wasn't he going to Korea s- selling Christian relics? That's after not a the war. Job. Yeah, that's some shadiness. He, he right? even met the Kim Yum Sung Hyun, whatever. <laughs> what was that? Uh, Kim Sung. Try Moon. again. Try again, Luke. What Kim Sung Moon. No, nope. hell of a nice guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's probably my favorite episode. Is is that's um, a great one uh, with that we did this in our original Seinfeld episode, like I episode twenty seven. Um, just we analyzed this scene where the, the everything gets quiet. You hear the whiskey bottle open. I, I love that. You scene. hear the bottle go down on the table. You hear the liquid pour in, and for a second you think this is going to be deep. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> for a second you're like, oh shit, we're about to get real. And you don't her, remember uh, Frank, Frank was a cook. Right, you you think right. like he was in the war? I don't. I I forget the details, and then he just says like I was slinging hash for the one fighting one out And oh yeah, we did talk about this. In yeah. our, go back to our original Seinfeld episode. And in Oops. that in that scene, we pointed out I think realized in real time during the recording of that episode that Frank in his memory is just Frank in like <laughs> a silly hat and like yeah. green fatigues. He's still they didn't uh, they didn't man. try yeah. There's no de-aging uh, Scorsese technology going into it or anything. No. But I think the point was in like Frank's memory, man. he didn't see himself as a young man. He just saw himself as Frank now because his memory is so fucking stupid. Right. Is that how he really cooked? 
if I just could like just get the seasoning meat, just right, meat yeah. With seasoning, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love and then you don't, you don't test meat it. by sticking your finger at the raw meat and just licking your finger, or sticking your finger on the seasoning and tasting yeah, the seasoning. Of, oh, it tastes like you know, you know, chili powder. Interesting. <laughs> like, of course, men were keeling over all around me. <laughs> oh, he went home all right with a crater in his colon the size of a cutlet. Uh, so that's probably the most amazing, Frank. Come on, Frank. Forty Jewish singles need you. I, I that's one of those scenes that I still laugh out loud when I watch. I think we were watching it together. So Johnny, the yeah. question is aimed at you. Who was originally supposed to put on that dinner with the Jewish singles? Oh yeah, that Kramer took it over for. Uh, uh, it wasn't Bob Sacamana. It was no. uh, the, the other guy. It's I not can, FDR. If you need a hint, who I'll tell it? you another person who it's FDR. not. And that might help you narrow it down. Yeah, who's the other person? It's, it's not, not Jay Riemann Schneider, Kramer's friend who eats horse meat. Someone Damn, else. He gets it from his butcher. Schneider. That sounds kind of <laughs> Jewish, you know. Um, who was supposed to? Lomez? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. why couldn't he do it? Oh, uh, that's, Lomez couldn't do it. That's now, this is a deep-level Seinfeld yeah. trivia. Because it's such a stupid explanation. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't... And in fact, you should, you should know why this is a stupid explanation, Johnny. Because I, I, I caught it right away, and Luke was kind of like, what? Why is that a stupid explanation? <sighs> if you got nothing, you're not going to get it. <laughs> it has to do... I'll give you a hint. It has to do with where we grew up. Oh. Lomez couldn't do it. He had. To, I can like hear this. I can see <laughs> Kramer saying it. I just can't remember the goddamn line. And Kramer's little that. like say yeah. something psychotic fast and click after it. Like, yeah, okay. just, yeah. Just get a bunch. Uh, Lomez out can't of do it. He's in the Everglades. He's in the Everglades. You, and you, you get why that's so stupid, right? It's not like, oh, he's in the Rockies, like skiing. Because yeah, like, you don't just go to the Everglades. That doesn't make any sense. You, you, well, you spend one day there, right? Maybe, maybe take a fan boat, maybe? I mean, I mean it's do, a swamp. You have to fly there. Then you have to go to the yeah. swamp. And then you have to spend time get, in the in swamp. The swamp. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you don't stay there for a week. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, honestly, I, I don't unless know why you would ever go to the Everglades unless you're going to, like, fish or, like, watch crocodiles or hunt pythons. Or and something. I don't think Lomez does but that, but I, how would I know? We don't know enough about Lomez. That's the problem. But Kramer to the rescue is really concerned about 40 Jewish singles. Is that um, how many it is? I, don't, I forget the number. It might be 60. I don't know. Um, Regardless. I think it's the same episode. I'm trying to... The, the one we were talking about before where the Seinfelds are going to Paris... Um, and George is up in the attic selling Frank's like cabana wear. Oh yeah, I love so, those clothes. In this scene, and this might be my favorite Frank and Estelle moment. Um, Estelle asks George, "Like, what were you doing in the attic? I heard you crawling around." He goes, "What? I wasn't in the attic." Because George, just like Larry David, instead of telling the truth in any amount, default just lie. Well, yeah, he's lie, to, lie, he, lie. He's he's pretending that his parents are dead to sell their summer clothes. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. To try it to it get won't like look good if he told the full bucks, truth. Yeah, he might as well keep lying at this he point. He could have said, oh, I'm desperate for money, so I sold some of the clothes I found up there. Yeah. Whatever. I don't... Whatever. That part's... Whatever. So, um, George, as a lie, says maybe it was a mouse. And that's yeah. that's what's going on in this scene. Hopefully it's no background. Music. I got all this paella. I admire Morty and Helen going to France. We should take a trip. Maybe a cruise. Yes, a cruise. A long cruise. Just the tour. Overselling it. Georgie, like. <laughs> what were you doing poking around the attic last night? I, I wasn't in the attic. I heard noise. 
Maybe it was a mouse. Okay, that's it. We're moving. What? <laughs> I will not tolerate infestation. You haven't even seen one. Don't you understand the very thought, the very idea? Here's my favorite line coming I'll up. never be comfortable again. All right, Frank, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, a, a wall breaking. Like normally they do that performative back and forth yelling. Yeah. And she's just like, Frank, enough. It's yeah. morning. We we we'll fight more later. Right. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> I what, haven't had my coffee that's, yet. That's what's funny. The conversation because another conversation I really like that kind of lasts because I like the conversations where they they sometimes don't escalate for that reason to see how oh god this is how they even interact at a normal level and one that comes to mind is when George is asking about their family history. And he he's talking about the people who have died in Aunt Baby who died uh-huh. very young. What was their bosom like? Yeah, well, and so Estelle asks Frank, Frank, how old would Aunt Baby be if she were alive today? And Frank just goes, she never would have made it. <laughs> yeah, that's not anything. <laughs> like, that's the best. And George just like kind of shakes his head. Well, okay. She was just asking a mathematical question. Right. <laughs> he couldn't right. handle it. An actual answerable question. Not, not only would she question. never so have answerable. made it, she didn't. <laughs> she never would have made it. <laughs> and oh, then does, so isn't good. that when George follows up with the bosom question? You want to know if your grandmother was bosomy? Where do you get your genes from? That's what I like to know. Yeah. It wouldn't kill you to go in knowing something. By the way, you know, have you guys seen the behind the scenes like explanation for why he talks in that scattered percussive Frank? kind of way uh, I'm guessing he, he, he needed he needed cue cards or something or had a well so he had such a, a problem memorizing lines and he would always forget it that it, it started coming out in that like he, he scattered kind of um chunky way and they actually ended up liking it really yeah um, i mean he, he couldn't help but do it but he was an actor wasn't he before that? yeah but he was getting old like so I don't know. What, what is your opinion? I know you don't know him as a person, but of Jason Alexander, <laughs> what's your instinct tell you? Not as the actor, George, but as a, an actual human being, Jason Alexander. What uh, do you mean? Because what, every is? interview I've seen him in, I, I, my instinct tells me this guy's an asshole. Oh, yeah. But I can't sure. tell if it's just because I watched Curb and he wrote a book called Acting Without Acting. Well, what's funny is if you watch interviews about Jason Alexander on Curb, they say that that's like because the way he acts in Curb is how I imagine he is in real life. Yes, but yes. Appa- but apparently that is an act. But but he acts like that in the interviews. For that's Seinfeld. what I mean. So it seems like it's actually based on a kernel of truth, and they're probably yeah. just dialing it up, dialing it up. But uh, like he, he yeah. was talking about the the uh, F- Frank Costanza talking in actually how I just talked, right? Just like del boca vista, like the words are struggling. And just even the way he said it, like he could have said it in a funny way, and he said it in like a, you know, yeah. us us Juilliard trained actors, you know, don't do that, but you know, blah blah blah. Right. I mean, he was complimenting him, but with like the backhand of like he can't memorize his lines. It just yeah. felt a little cunty. Yeah, I can't, I've kind of gotten that vibe from interviews I've seen with him. We should have him on well, the podcast. My, my, yeah, you think, to, uh, Tommy? To you want to reach out yeah, to I'll his try. lawyer? Yeah, I'll give yeah. it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> to answer your question, Luke, when I see Jason Alexander, I think of a short, stocky, slow-witted bald man. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to shoehorn that in there. Fair enough. Right. Did you just come up with that yourself? That's a really good line. That's so, from the show. No, I, know. I know. I'm We're kidding. trolling you. Oh. No. <laughs> I don't know. Um, for a second, I thought John, I out Seinfeld you. I got really excited. No, John, no, 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 no. no. We're, acting with, John, we're acting, we're acting without, without acting. acting. Yeah. <laughs> and yet it's all acting. 
Well, mostly. So all the time, whenever <laughs> I'm like doing anything, cooking dinner, right? I'll be like, Yanka, might, my fiance might be like, current fiance might be like, how'd you make those muffins? I'll be like, the key is it's baking without baking. It's effortless. And yeah. then she'll go, and yet it's all baking. Yeah. Like that's, that's a line from Curb when Jason Alexander writes his book called Acting Without Acting. That's oh, more of a pamphlet, really. I'll read it with dinner. Uh, but all right, yeah, so I got, I got more I'll, clips, though. Oh, yeah, go for it. Uh, but another line, just in terms of lines that we say, me, me and Tommy will say this all the time. Well, it sucks. Yeah, so th- do you have oh, that, that clip by chance, Johnny? I don't have that one. That clip, oh. I'll, I'll just say, I mean, I have it. Um, that's a good one. Should I just play it Yeah, that's quick? a good one. So give the give the follow up where like it's the fatigues episode where Costanza is not cooking. Yeah, that's that's where he sort of cracks. He he overcomes his wartime trauma and decides to get back. Well, we think he overcomes his wartime trauma, whatever and that means. <laughs> and decides to get back into cooking. So he's he's um it, this is going to start with him saying, "Well, it sucks." Estelle just gave him like a fried egg or something or an omelet. I don't know. It's dry. And and yeah, he's finally just had it. And, and he, how she always makes it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it sucks. <laughs> what did you say? Your meatloaf is mushy, your salmon croquettes are oily, and your eggplant parmesan is a disgrace to this house. Well, that's too bad, because I'm the only one who cooks around here. Not anymore. Come here, spatula. I'm back, baby. Like well, even even his movements have that that um what would you call it like episodic like uh, 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 yeah choppiness uh, choppiness that's the perfect word yeah. yeah it's like his lines and his motions are like he's um a, a radio station that's not quite coming in clearly yeah mm-hmm. did the sound pads on the wall it. just fall off yeah <laughs> I thought the corner of my eye saw something and I was yeah. like yeah. I think we're too loud the sound pads are coming <laughs> off the wall we got to upgrade that's the studio sign. folks. Donate on Patreon and we'll upgrade the studio. Please, I will buy more sound pads <laughs> if you donate on Patreon, for sure. Um, what What's your next clip that you had, Johnny? I only have two left, so I'm going to start with, uh, I think, my favorite, and then we'll go into what I think is most iconic, and then I'm done with clips. Okay. Uh, this is George is trying to find a new job. He's unemployed, I think, and just moved back in with his parents. They go out to dinner, and his mom's trying to have, like, have a real conversation with him and convince him to take the civil service exam, become a postman and get a job, a steady job. And Frank has his own conversation with himself, but he thinks he's talking with George. Who's not like really participating at all, but it's just, I don't know. Like, I think everyone's had this happen. Like if you talk to an old couple that's been married long enough where they have, they, they're not interested in the other half of the couple's conversation. So they're going to have their own with Mm. you. Yeah. And that's what's happening to George here. So, uh, all right, let's begin. Wait, where is it? Oh, there it is. It's like they expect each ear of yours will hear the person. Like, yeah, I've right. had that happen. Yeah. They're like, we don't listen to each other anymore, so this doesn't phase us, really. Yeah, this is just, you know, normal day. Right. Normal day's procedure. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yes, I've seen a... Jerry, it's Frankenstein! Have seen a silver dollar? <laughs> Yes, I've seen a silver dollar. Why don't you want to take a civil service test? To do what? Work in the post office? Is that what you want me to do? Would you believe when I was 18, I had a <laughs> silver dollar collection? <laughs> so that, like, the way he goes, that 
silver dollar collection that halting away it might have been because he forgot the line but Total, it's hilarious well, if you, if you watch the outtake comedic. from that scene he he missed it like three four times so yeah. i think that's totally what happened but even yeah. when he doesn't know the line he's still he he's because I think he was like a stage comedian, a stand-up. So he still has comedic timing, even if he doesn't isn't saying the right thing. He's able to say it. What I, mean, I found so you can't compelling, that, yeah. at, like which makes it clear that he's There's a great actor, is when you have a limitation that gets put upon you, like as an artist of any kind, you can either start sucking or you can work with it and come up with a new shtick. Yeah. Like if you're a musician and you get like a bad injury, you have to change something and figure out a new way to play despite that injury well that's like if you go like and the one you watch drummer. that one episode with that other guy who originally played frank it's it's a nightmare yeah it's, it's really not so good. bad now they didn't go so far in in the larry david backstage interview he did not say they fired him or they didn't like him he in fact he he purposely said i, don't, I forget why we let him go like <laughs> there was something scheduling i forget the details regardless it's bad it's so clear that they. But he just the guy didn't probably bring showed up. The There's no energy. He to probably it. showed oh, up yeah. and did exactly what was asked of him. And they're like, "Oh, like we didn't write a good enough character. Like we right, need Jerry right. Stiller or someone to to make it their own to really inhabit the role. We can't just have a guy show up and read the lines." And then like, Estelle said, when Frank started yelling, she realized her character could be better if she was always trying to be prissy and 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 mm. and proper. But then would like lose her temper anyways. Yeah, because she was supposed to be like the overbearing like yeller. Yeah, they were so good at playing off each other. But she's always right. like playing with her hands, like you know that very like nineteen fifties housewife thing, like mm-hmm. you know just being small, and, and then like she'll just lose her temper and start screaming. Right, like like that role they fit, they each allowed each other to find the perfect character. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well there's more to this, so you get job security you get a paycheck every week i'm a college graduate you want me to be a mailman you know i couldn't bring myself to spend one of these <laughs> i got some he's still talking about the coins like the fact that the conversation is talking about like a big thing george's possible career path what he's willing to do if he can you know what i could never bring myself to spend one i mean i understand why frank's not interested because he tried to get george a job with the bra with his sid farkas his bra sales are fabric he tried and yeah and george just ruined it so yeah. fantastically <laughs> failed fantastically okay here we go kind of a phobia <laughs> want me to be a mailman you know i couldn't bring myself to spend one of these i got some kind of a phobia <laughs> I don't know. I do know that I have some kind of a talent, something to offer. I just don't know what it is yet. I bet that collection would be worth a lot of money today. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't like this waiter. He's clicking his hand up in the air. He's clicking. Yeah, snap. He sees us. Doesn't want to come over. (laughs) <laughs> See, that's the other classic old people thing where you start making enemies out of anybody on a dime. Like, right away, like, if the waiter's not... Look at him. Look, he sees us. It's like, no, the waiter's not messing with you. They're busy working their job yeah. as a waiter. Like, they make... Like, those kind of, like, old people vibes where they make everything about them and, like, they're the yeah. center of the world and anything that's not going according to their predetermined plan is, like, just... Like they start, bo- the, the simmer turns into a boil. Yeah, you, you mean how I mean? Morty, how Morty Seinfeld convinced uh, 
himself that the doctors must have stolen his wallet. My wallet, right? Office. Whatever like, happened what to that wallet? Where was it? Stealing they found wallets it at the end of the season. It was in the couch. It was in yeah. the couch. Jerry's oh, of couch. course. That's a good trivia question. Where's the wallet? Yeah, yeah I didn't know it. Yeah, Damn. that's a good one. But even that scene that that you just played, Johnny. One of the reasons why I love that scene comes. I mean, a lot of it comes back to the the brilliance of the writing. I think where the way it's set up. Both visually and thematically, you have George stuck in the middle between them, like you were saying with the the two ears, and his mom offering or trying to at least have a conversation that you would have with somebody about. Okay, let's try to figure out your career path. George doing his thing, and then his dad, and it's it goes between them, right? It starts with the mom, goes to George, and then goes to the dad. It cycles through, and when it gets to Frank, he offers no guidance whatsoever yeah because he's stuck in this silver dollar just tangent of whatever and then it goes well, back he's not to his which, which it's great because george has done that exact thing like about toilets or like salt shakers while sure. he's getting dumped by a woman sure. like he's so unaware that this person is unhappy or while he's trying to impress a woman and yeah or they're like actively leaving him and he's like huh <laughs> come again what like he almost yeah. misses it like that's happened to him several times throughout the show yeah you see where that sure. comes from now yeah well, it's that classic, like, I don't know if this is, like, a dad energy thing. It's sort of like a, I, you know, I'm bored with all of this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've been to a restaurant with my wife 10,000 times. I'm Hundreds over of it. times. Thousands. Exactly. And, like, so Frank is just, like, pausing between thoughts. He's not even talking to them. You know what I mean? He's not, like, trying yeah, to strike really. up a conversation about a silver dollar. He's just trying to eat up the time until he dies. Wow, too soon, bro. <laughs> oh, wow. I forgot what episode. I thought Jesus. we were just having a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's Christ. what he would have wanted. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> what would Frank's funeral be like if that happened in the show? Well, so that's an interesting question because in the in this unofficial Seinfeld reunion on Curb, they bring back Estelle, but they don't bring back Frank. And they mention one of the last, I think the one of the last scenes in the reunion episode is uh when george is getting back together with his ex-wife amanda he says oh i just remembered i gotta call my mother in florida the news this might be finally be the news that kills her so they're kind of inadvertently saying that frank had died and I she guess, moved yeah. down to florida because they couldn't get him they're like i guess he died yeah but i don't know i don't know what happened with that why <laughs> jerry stiller he, he didn't might have back. just been you know he might have been declining health for a while now who knows but she actually came back she's in the episode <laughs> of the table read yeah she, I, I, yeah, well, yeah she, she is. Yeah. She doesn't make Maybe it she into needed the, the money, though, and Jerry has Ben Stiller spending dodgeball money on him. You know? That's true, yeah. Or uh, meet the Fockers. He's got to meet the Fockers money to take care of his dad. He doesn't have to that's work. That's true, anymore. yeah. That He's was like trouble and, remembering lines. And, and stuff, ironically, you know? you know, now that I think about it, that's actually, there's two things from the Curb Your Enthusiasm Seinfeld reunion that I was sort of not disappointed, but wanted more of. One was more actual scenes. Just because I'm greedy, yeah. I wanted to see more of the because they had a script. There's an actual script of the episode. They I'm just didn't sure. flush it out totally, right? Though. And and they the scenes were like kind of like skeletony. Exactly. I would have liked to mm. just because I'm greedy, not because I think it's even a good idea. Uh, but then the other one was I I really had wished that uh, they had brought Jerry's or Jerry Stiller had wanted to or was even just to like him. a quick scene that they they even at the table read yeah with Estelle Whatever. just to or see them interacting just, again even him been, just yelling oh. not as Frank but just yelling on the phone to Larry about why he wouldn't do it yeah in a very Frankish way like that would have been great 
Oh, that would have been amazing. See, that something creative like that. Yeah. It's possible his yeah. health just wasn't in sure. the right yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. No, again, yeah. I, but but I'm just, I'm saying that as a testament to how much he really meant to the show. That must have been make. some episode. Yeah, exactly. Oh, she was. But it wasn't like, uh, you know, I think, because I think uh, a lot of the other characters uh, either showed up or don't. Newman's there. I think Banya's maybe at the table read, but Putty never shows up. I, like, it was good to see or not see some of those characters, but I don't even notice it now. Yeah. But Frank is the one that I remember missing from that. Well, would you agree? I don't know the, if there was ever a survey like this, but Frank would probably be a lot of people's favorite character. After the four, the main even, four? Even before the four, yeah. like... Yeah, he's just so uniquely. Oh yeah, I think after and uh, amazingly, the fact that we haven't—I don't think—even mentioned Festivus is also a testament. Well, yeah, because that's his, that was his my next clip. Is. Actually, yeah. that was my last clip. Is I that queued up? Is that um, which which it's clip? The, the one where he's telling one. the story to Kramer. No, that's a good one. I actually have the uh, the the airing of grievances ready to go. Yeah, oh, okay. can we just play all of Festivus? <laughs> yeah, we should just watch that episode. Do like yeah. a Twitch campaign. All right, folks, uh, join us in this Festivus airing. Go to Patreon.com no, and donate, and you'll hear the entire Festivus episode. Or if, go to Hulu.com. You, you and go get to Hulu.com yeah. after donating. <laughs> Put in code word thunk for nothing to happen. Yeah. This reverse uh, sponsorship is brought to you by Hulu. <laughs> we love the folks over at Hulu. They love us. We yeah. think we love them mostly for hosting Seinfeld. That's the main. That's reason. true. Yeah. Yeah. So as people were saying, by the way, with the old Frank versus the new Frank, if you have DVD collection, mm-hmm. the, it still has the old Frank, but all the streaming services and Hulu and whatever has uh, the reshot. Scene. Frank. No, it doesn't. Hulu has uh, old uh, original Frank. Really? Yeah. They don't have the new Frank, or they don't have Jerry Stiller. Maybe maybe the syndicated version. I'll show you for, after after like, television. Yeah, I'll show you. Is. You Probably know what? Like yeah, I. I, I'm, I'm not sure if it, what season that's for. Uh, probably for. It's, maybe possi- it's possible I watched that like on some probably Turkish four. streaming website. So uh, at some point we crushed all of Seinfeld w- on Hulu, but I forget what season we started. So uh, I'm not going to argue that because who cares? <laughs> I'm over. It. I believe you. You watch way more Seinfeld. Wait, on Hulu. So wait, oh yeah, I made that idea. Up. Why do you believe? Luke, me? if you have Hulu, why did you pull these clips from like a weird musical YouTube channel instead of just going <laughs> to Hulu? Because that's oh. what I did. Hulu well, how do you really pull the clips, quality. though? Of course you didn't use Hulu, Johnny. I mean, I, I'm asking why, yeah. Why do you just take, you? like, a screen course, video as no, you're no. streaming Hulu? No, of course I... Uh, I, I, I mean, I can answer audio. hypotheticals off the air, but no, yeah, Joe's right. I used the DVDs I purchased. It's, Thank it's you. products of mine under fair use. And now use we're doing a fair use uh, commentary on... On Anyways, TVs. let's listen to. So I picked the because you know they're really listening up. to the thunk tank and trying Uh-oh. to nail us down during the coronavirus pandemic. And listen, yet it's all thunk. Listen, <laughs> listen, comrade. I for one welcome our robot AI overlords monitoring our content. But let's just get back to the episode. Um, yeah, just play I the picked, damn episode. I picked the airings of grievance <laughs> because he he loses his place, and I've always wondered if it was the actor or the character there. Uh, so let, let's just and we've been talking about that. So, but does summarize the vibe. Uh, I'm going to go back a second because there's just a great Kramer line that like relates to another episode that they rush past. And it's why I love this show. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Kramer just showed up with the bagel, the creepy dudes. Elaine gave the bagel store number two to Festivus dinner at the Costanzas. And they're about to sit down and begin the first airing. Of, the airing of grievance is the first official part of Festivus, right? <laughs> Let's begin. Dr. Van Nostrand. Huh? Uh, oh, uh, that's right. <laughs> Call back. Welcome. That's right, because... Well, it was a continuity f- error that they had to address. <laughs> they had to address, because, yeah, Kramer, George's boss 
came to the dinner to make sure it was real because George tried to defraud his company. <laughs> it's something <laughs> through, we've said Christmas in previous uh, yeah. analyses. And, yeah, I love and, that. Even if they have consistency problems, they at least address it most of the time. And and yeah. it's just th- that's all true. it takes. Is he just has Kruger is so like well, I guess I'm going home. Like he's just so not like going to look past the service layer. He's like, oh, you're Doctor Van Ostrin. Kramer just has to be like, well, yes, I am. He Kramer might not even remember when he was that character. Kramer that knows time, generally but just in his knows life to say he's yes. supposed to say yes. Right? <laughs> well, he also right. knows that he's, he's just, played that character in many situations. So right. when somebody approaches I don't approaches know this him, guy, but yeah. yeah. Is he, he, the yeah, doc- he doesn't remember the... the, the, the <laughs> is the, he the Dr. He Von Ostrin, the, the dermatologist, or is he the guy right. from the clinic but trying also to get Elaine re- Bennett's file? But also they refer to... I think they refer Bennis. to Kramer... It's Bennett, you <laughs> jackass. George even says later in the scene, Kramer, don't go. And Kruger doesn't bat an eyelash. That George just calls him. Kruger, George, yeah. George introduced Kruger. him as Dr. Van Nostren. And yeah. then he's just like, Kramer, don't go. Yeah. And Kruger's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kruger's one of the most fascinated. enlightened beings yeah. in the show. Yeah. He's just yeah. so he's detached mo- from everything. Yeah. He, he is Sherlock. He's much more fascinated <laughs> with the whole Festivus thing. Look, George, three times. Him. No hands. Yeah. All right. Here, <laughs> Look let's, at me. Let's, let's, Let's listen to the actual airing agreements. It's just that exchange. The ship is Kramer steering into just random Seinfeld, yeah. li- as usual. <laughs> as usual, Seinfeld episodes go. Right, as usual, we, hangouts go. All right, here, here we go. Enough. Newcomers. <laughs> the tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You, Kruger. My son tells me your company stinks. Oh, God. Why? We'll get yours in a minute. Kruger, you couldn't smooth a silk sheet if you had a hot date with a babe. I lost my train of thought. And then it goes to the next scene. I would say we can't know, but my instinct tells me he probably... There was a line there. He forgot it and went with it, and they loved it. Man, I would love and to ask better, yeah. Larry David that. Yeah. Or no, Larry wasn't writing by then. I guess Jerry. Well, who, I'm sure Larry would know. Why they would, probably had dinner and talked about it. Yeah, it Why would nine, Larry right, know Joe? anything? Why would Larry know what? anything? You're right. It's, it's season nine. <laughs> yeah, Larry, was, Larry wasn't around. But I bet you if we call Larry, Larry David right now, he would know. I bet if you call Larry David right now, he will not. I'll do it. <laughs> Um. Yeah. All right. Well, that those are my <laughs> clips, though. Because I mean, everything from that episode is just gold, Jerry. Gold. Well, isn't that the last from, big from Frank Costanza episode? I think that's until yeah. the finale. I think that's his last episode. It's his. It's his big. It's his grand moment. finale. He has. He gets his own holiday. Like my, yeah. my our parent, our dad has put Festivus polls up in the past when he has. Oh yeah. Like a a. a if we happen to ha- have a, a like a tube of cardboard and tinfoil around that time of year, he's putting a Festivus pole up. I've yep. seen him do it. Yep. So like that's a real holiday that's <laughs> that's come yep. up around this character. Yeah, that was his big uh, opus. Whatever. What's you call it. what's um? Would you agree that Elaine makes such an amazing face when Jerry, uh, not Jerry Stiller, when Frank Costanza is talking about his foot odor problem? Oh, the yeah. face that Elaine makes is just like, Jesus, what's happening? Yeah. Like, why am I teaming up with another Costanza to do some scheme? And a crazier one, yeah. arguably. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, apparently, I was seeing that one of these behind the scenes uh, interviews or whatever it was, 
he had to actually learn Korean. Like he he repeated the yeah, Korean that's back impressive. to them. Right. Not a lot, just a few lines, right? Yeah. Like cuz they they said like, "Oh, look, she's back. She brought her dog with her or something." Like and he repeated it back, you know? Mm-hmm. Funny enough, those Korean ladies just got mad that Elaine brought in a spy. And and it was like forgotten that they were talking shit about all the customers. Right. Is are we to just assume that's what's happening in nail salons? Well, yeah, wouldn't you? No, I mean, I, I feel like I could tell. How? Well, that's I, what I Elaine have, did. She I, could tell. I do have one piece of evidence. Last time I got a haircut at the Turkish place down the street, <laughs> God, I went in there, and the guy I normally get, who I have conversations with sometimes, was on a break. So I got this different guy. I was like, whatever, yeah, I'm not going to like, you know, wait 20 minutes. And I heard him whisper, like, you know, he said, Chojuk, you know, Turkse Biliyor, the, the, the boy knows Turkish. Like, he, as a quick uh... thing. What would they say? What you know? I don't know. They probably generally say things, and then like it's fine. They probably are saying some pretty outrageous shit. Not even about the customers necessarily, but maybe, but maybe just like cursing about the TV show. Like, oh, look at the tits on that one or something. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. But I, I guess in a Korean nail salon where they're clearly in gossip mode. But also, why does Elaine care? Like, whatever. Don't well, get Frank involved. Why, why do any? Of I know them that there? scream. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I want to know what that that lady looked like when she was twenty years younger, because she was pretty young in that. So that means when Frank was in the war, he was like what twenty something seven. Uh, what age do you think Frank was in the well, Korean War? Like, it would have been like forty years before. So he would have been like he, he was in his seventies in Seinfeld, right? No, probably like no. The Korean War was so, in the what fifties? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was in the right. early fifties. It right. took place in the nineties. Yeah, so it was about forty years. So, but like yeah, the actress that 60s, played that so, yeah, that twenties Frank's old like affair, right? Yeah. She she was pretty young still in the nineties in Seinfeld. How do you know? They showed her. We had scenes with her. Yeah, but how old was she? She didn't look like an old lady like Frank. Because <laughs> Frank looks like an old lady. Because he has tits. <laughs> <laughs> the man's ear. <laughs> um I can't think of any other Frank moments, like classic ones that we missed. Any coming to mind, Tommy? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's he's probably just... I think he was a big part of what really wrote, helped that show ride to the stratosphere level that it got to, you know? Well, the idea that side characters can be amazing. They're not yeah. just there to be there. Right. To, to advance a plot with the main characters, but their whole world. Some of my favorite things are when Kramer and Frank are teamed up in something. Oh, yeah, Kramer and Frank like team? two Fantastic. insane people yeah. feeding off of whatever you would call that fuel. I, it, well, they're different levels or different... They're almost different grades of fuel. One is kind of jet fuel and one is rocket fuel. True. But it's going to blow shit up. Either way, Kramer genies Frank because like, as soon as Festivus gets weird, Kramer's yeah. like, I'm out of here. <laughs> he just jumps ship because that's the kramer move he encourages somebody to follow their dream that they always said i shouldn't do right and then as soon as it's blowing up he just goes i never said to do that nobody held a gun to your head yeah nobody <laughs> held a gun to your head you shouldn't do that i'm yeah. out you know i have no stake in this yeah I'm, i didn't tell the japanese guys to spend all their money i just right. told them the hat was nice right you know yeah. like <laughs> he's such a genie <laughs> do you have any other quotes tom well let me understand this you got the hen you got a rooster. Oh, God, that's right. I got the chicken. Ah, chicken shit, goes yes. with the rooster. Who's having sex with the hen? They're that's all a- chickens. The rooster has sex with all of them. 
That's perverse. That's damn. Someone. That would have been shit. A good how clip did we not have. find that? Clip? Yeah, that's a good one, dude. That's that's a damn good clip. There's always more. What's so beautiful about that <laughs> scene is that the context is meeting these Susan's parents, right? You They're, stole the bread. They didn't put it it's out. It's supposed Watch. to go well, right? They're trying to impress. <laughs> Let's say, if if not impress, have a good time because these two are. Were they engaged yet? Uh, yeah. They, that's because yeah. they got engaged. They had to have yeah, a dinner, cause, right? Because Frank says, uh, or Estelle says, we're going to be, they're your in-laws. And George goes, oh, God. Right. <laughs> now, who's in-laws. worse, in your opinion, Johnny? Is the, the Rosses more miserable, or is Frank and Estelle more miserable? I think the Rosses are more miserable. I agree. But I think yeah, that's, that George, uh, in uh, inadvertently killing okay. Susan, winds up bringing them closer together because they have somebody to hate. It does, but they also <laughs> lost their daughter, whereas Frank and Estelle still have their underwhelming son. Okay, so who wins? <laughs> but actually, Frank and Estelle were brought together in one episode. Do you remember which one? Um, what do you mean by brought The together? one where they just disliked George and they thought he was a loser and they were avoiding him. They were actually having oh, fun yeah. going out together. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they like, were going on dates. and We're cutting you Chinese loose. Food You're cutting there. me loose? <laughs> I love that, that, that um, rule, and it's not untrue. If there's no leftovers of Chinese food anywhere, yeah. it didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Like no, we, no we've been getting Chinese food or Thai food like during this quarantine. And the next morning when I wake up, it looks like some kind of murder scene happened. You yeah. know? There's just oh, like you're bad chopsticks. With, you're bad with there's... Chinese food too. Yeah. Remember, remember it's the, hotel the easiest room in food. What are you talking about? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're getting into drunk tank. <laughs> oh God. And we're not even drunk. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So uh, I, I, I thought you were going to episode. tell that story. I I don't have to. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I, I spilled Chinese it, food everywhere. It has. Well, no, it just kept falling out of your mouth as you were. I was laughing and trying to chew at the same yeah, time. You ruined you ruined an ironing board with Chinese food. Which, like, <laughs> I, you, I, just remember, I just remember, and it's like I needed the ironing board for my suit before the wedding, and like you were just. It was covered in grease. I was <laughs> like, you ruined it not only for me, but the next person. Like, was that Friday go night, though? Desk. I'm pretty sure I was eating the Chinese food after the wedding. It was, uh, no, it was it, the leftover no, Chinese it, food. It, oh, Does it matter? It was the leftover you Chinese still food. ruined it. I don't it. know. Because <laughs> I no, remember you, you left, and Johnny, we were in our hotel room. Johnny was just like, what the fuck? How did Luke get Chinese? It's all over the floor. It was everywhere. Yeah. The carpets, <laughs> it was everywhere. I think I was, was at that walls. like 1 a.m. <laughs> It was. I think it was post wedding. I was at that one a.m. Yeah, like leftover. I need to shit. shove food in my mouth so that I wake up not feeling super hungover. Yeah, that didn't. Like work. you got to get some. <laughs> you know, you got to get some yeah. food, as they say, it absorbs the alcohol. Is that real? You also held your hand in a bucket of ice. No, for it doesn't like five absorb. The, oh God, <laughs> it doesn't absorb the alcohol. It closes your pyloric valve, so the liquor stops shooting straight into your intestines and gets stopped in the stomach where it gets mixed with food. So if it just already, slows the. If absorption. you're already wasted, though, eating food just is fun. It's delicious. <laughs> it's like it true, doesn't, yeah. It doesn't really get you less drunk. Water, Drinking water, staying yeah. hydrated, and time are the only things you can really do. That's mm. true. Or, you know, smoke some cigarettes, have a mint, and take a shit. That can help. Shit and a mint. We got we got to do a, a... The League has some good moments. I, I, I nah, think as a whole, right. it's like kind of a shitty show. <laughs> I need to watch the last like two seasons. Yeah, I, I missed at least three seasons. Yeah. All right. I mean, canceled. I don't know anything about football, and there's that like guy with the the uh, stolen valor 911 thing that makes it weird so it's oh like, that's yeah. right yeah yeah we, we, there's plenty of shows we'll do a different one back to frank though i t- what tommy said that i think that's my favorite baller frank moment is taking bread back yeah like as as psychotic as it is it's a baller move 
Well, he has his principles, whatever those are, and he stands by them. Oh, shit. We, and, and they, of <laughs> course, they don't think, oh, shit, we forgot to bring the bread in. It's here in the car. He's like, no, we brought it in. And then they're almost like, what? Those two don't seem to, to, to go together. He's like, yeah. I, I brought it in. They didn't put it out. Yeah. And then they figure Why should it. I leave it? <laughs> yeah. Serenity that, now. Who doesn't fuck? serve cake? Serenity now. I sat there drinking coffee. What does she say? <laughs> We're sitting there like idiots yeah. without a piece of cake. We're sitting there like idiots drinking coffee without cake. <laughs> yeah, we forgot about Serenity now, too. Oh, oh Serenity so now, yeah. Y'all come back now. Yeah. All right, any last words? Oh, it's y'all come back real soon now. That's my Kramer quote. Oh, I guess I should end it with a Frank quote. Should we play yeah. taps? Because Frank was in the military slinging hash for the fighting. One now, if you'll excuse me, your mother and I are going to make love. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They're, they're, That's yeah. a great ending line, Tommy. He always comes in with the best ones. All right. Let's end um, it there. <laughs> no, I would. I would. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah? I would just have to say, like, seriously, though, what what a great loss of a great comedic actor. So glad he was in that role. Uh and you know, unfortunately, the next Seinfeld reunion is going to be less without him. So beautiful, well said. Well we'll said. miss you, Frank. See ya, Frank. <laughs> See ya, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell, buddy. All right, thanks everyone for listening to the Thunk Tank podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to help us out, please consider leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, share it with people you think might like it. And if you really want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash thunktankpodcast. We have links to this in, in the episode description and other places. And for as little as $1 an episode, you can help us keep the lights on. And you also get access to a very special Drunk Tank uh, feed of episodes. So every few episodes, we'll have a few more beers and record an extra 20 to 30 minutes of extra thunky, silly uh, whateverness. So... There's a separate RSS link you can get from there, and if you put that into a podcast player, you'll get your own separate feed of only the drunk tanks. I think we have about six or seven of them out already and more to come. Thanks for listening, and stay funky.